Are you glad Jesus saves? <clears throat> well, uh, that's why our church is different from other churches, uh, the same as some churches. And the reason, uh, if we're the same as some churches, it's because at the top, the message is Jesus saves. I can't save, you can't save, uh, your good works can't save. Uh, it's very common to, again, talk to religious people and ask them, well, you know, um, are you going to go to heaven when you die? And they'll say, yeah, I think I'm going to go to heaven when I die because uh, I'm good enough. I think I'm good enough. Uh, well, my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'm pretty sure. So uh, in, in, in that respect, I think God is going to receive me. <coughs> but the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And therefore we sing, Jesus saves. And we're happy that Jesus saves. Amen. <clears throat> Go to um, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. <clears throat> I've heard this uh, truth stated, <clears throat> not exactly the way uh, the scriptures read, <clears throat> but I've heard it many times uh, by uh, uh, my father. I know my father has uh, uh, said something similar to this verse. You know, we came in with nothing. We're going to leave with nothing. Uh, but Paul says in chapter 6, 1 Timothy, verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So it's true. We came into this world. We didn't carry any luggage. We didn't carry uh, the things that we have with us now. We didn't carry any money. Uh, we had nothing. And Paul, just to make it very clear, because, you know, when God speaks... Uh, you know, back in the garden, the devil said, Yea, hath God said? So, you know, because of that spirit of the devil, people are always questioning God. And every time God says something or one of God's people speaks a truth from the word of God, uh, you always got those unbelievers and those people doubting the Lord. Well, you know, are you sure? Or yea, hath God said? So Paul said, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. It is absolutely certain. There's no doubt about it. And my wife, we were talking today about something, and she said, you know, that's the way of this world. This world is really upside down. <clears throat> the things that are going on in this world, the things that are being taught to the children, uh, to the public, uh, you know, the Bible says they call good evil and evil good. Everything is getting twisted upside down. <clears throat> and the reason for that is because they have forgotten God. They do not want to retain God in their knowledge. And that's the way I was for the <coughs> well, that's the way I was up to about 35 years old. And then uh, something happened in my life. And yes, I'm glad I fell down. You know, people say, oh, you, you, you turn to God because 
you were down. Yes, that's right. I did. I was down and I turned to the Lord and thank God I did that. <coughs> Go to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. <coughs> Job chapter 1. Back in the Old Testament. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1 is just before Psalms. Job chapter 1. The Bible says, in the presence of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So here's a second witness. Job says, uh, we'll start in verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. <clears throat> Have you ever foolishly charged God? I, I have. I have. I have. <coughs> what that means is even when God allowed the devil to smite Job, Job never cursed God. He never questioned God. He never said, oh, why is God doing this to me? And therefore, he never sinned against God. <coughs> when I was out in the country in a restaurant having a coffee, this man came and sat down with me. Uh, and he was a man that I had witnessed to last year, him and his friends. And they, they didn't respond well to the gospel. Things got very quiet. And, you know, I can take a hint, right? And uh, so he come by. He said, hi, how you doing? And he sat down and he started talking about this Christian lady who uh, maybe likes, likes him and, and he's going on. He's being very friendly. And, <clears throat> and I thought, oh, this is good. He wants to uh, talk. Maybe we can talk about the Lord. And as we started talking a little bit about the Bible and the Lord, <clears throat> he always ended it with a joke. You know, he, he made a joke uh, about the Bible and God and you know it was hard to really understand where he was coming from on one hand he seemed to believe the Bible he seemed to uh, know a little bit about the Bible but his final remarks were always a bit of a joke <clears throat> and in verse 22 Job he sinned not nor charged God foolishly and what happens is many people, they always charge God foolishly. Have you ever heard anyone say, well, why did God take my mother away from me? Or why did God take my son away from me? Or why did God, why does God allow these things? <clears throat> and the question is, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. 
The truth is, you came into this world with nothing, and you're going to leave with nothing. So why, why would we, I include myself in this, although I've learned better since that time, but why would we charge God foolishly? Why would we question God when we came in with nothing? You know, I mean, I didn't give myself everything that I have now. I have a beautiful wife. I have uh, lovely children for the most part. <clears throat> children are children, right? They're not always lovely. How could I be so foolish to think that I gave myself everything that I have? And so Job had it right. He said, came I, I came into this world naked, and naked will I go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <coughs> and if you know the trouble that Job had, you would know that if anyone was almost justified to be angry at God, Job would have had a good reason. Um, go to, <clears throat> uh, we're in Job 1, go to Job 15, or Job 14, and it says his, his daughters, his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, <clears throat> and there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. <clears throat> While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. If everything that you have right now... <clears throat> And I don't know if there's anybody in here who has as much as Job. I certainly don't. <laughs> but whatever you have, if it was all taken away from you today, what would you do? That's the question posed to us through the word of God and through the example of Job. If everything that you had was taken away from you, everything that you loved, everything that you cherished, how would you respond? Job, I bet Job felt like that, but something t stopped Job, and Job, the Bible says, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He worshipped the Lord. 
<clears throat> and Job's put in here as an example for us that we also must remember that we came into this world with nothing, we're going to leave with nothing. Everything that we have is from God. At the end of the day, everything that we have is of God. Go back to um, 1 Timothy, but... First Timothy. <clears throat> First Timothy six. See, when Paul was speaking these words, <clears throat> he was teaching a young man, uh, a young man to be godly. Uh, and this young man was a servant of the Lord. His name was Timothy, and he said. Timothy, he said, before verse 8, he said in verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. <clears throat> you know, if you have perfect health, you're strong, uh, you have endurance, you have breath, you have strength, if God were to take that away, how would you feel? <clears throat> if you had lots of money in the bank, you know, and you were living a, a comfortable life, and you were able to buy your kids the things that they wanted, and you were able to go out and eat sushi sometimes, and go out and uh, enjoy some of the finer things in life, and all that was taken away. <laughs> By the way, we go out and eat sushi sometimes. <clears throat> and that was all taken away. How would you feel? In verse 10, Paul goes on to tell Timothy, For the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's very important uh, to get. Many people misquote that verse and they say, the love of money, or sorry, money is the root of all evil. I've heard many Christians uh, say that. But money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. <clears throat> and this is not uh, 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 an exhortation just to the man of God. Because the Bible says, to them that believe on the name of Jesus Christ gave he the power to become the sons of God. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a son of God. <clears throat> and to be politically correct, if you're a female, you're a daughter of God. <clears throat> We're all sons of God. So this is for all of us. <clears throat> Go to Genesis 28 and verse 4. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 4. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 28. In verse 4, we're just going to do a real quick history lesson. 
Genesis 28 and verse 4. Remember, God giveth and God taketh away. Genesis 28 verse 4. Uh, start at verse 3. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Back in Genesis, or I should say back uh, thousands of years ago, God gave Abraham the promised land. You know, whatever land we occupy, whether we be Canadian or whether you be Jamaican or whether you be uh, Hebrews or in wherever, wherever on this earth, God gave the land. <clears throat> you know, uh, you might not think it's fair. Uh, you might not like the fact that uh, over many hundreds of years, uh, Britain uh, conquered a lot of nations. But you know what? God gave that to them. You know, the, the Jews didn't like the fact that the Syrians and the Babylonians came in and conquered them and took them into slavery. But God gave that land to that enemy. <coughs> You know, when God decides to give someone to some something to someone and that person receives it and keeps it, no one can take it away. If God says it's going to be done, it's going to be done. There's nothing there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. <clears throat> you can come up with philosophy, you can come up with your own ideas, you can, you know, Weave a story uh, that sounds real good, but if God's not in it, it's never going to stand, ever. <clears throat> Go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. So just uh, a few books ahead, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10 and verse 9. First Samuel chapter 10 and verse 9. <clears throat> and it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And the man that God gave another heart to was King Saul. When God picked Saul out of the, 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 the Israel to be the king over Israel, God chose him, and the Bible says that God gave him another heart. <clears throat> and you know, we sang the song, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and Brother Mike did a message on all the things that happen when a person gets saved. You know what? When a person gets saved... God gives that person a new heart. He gives, he's a, a new creature. The Bible says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So God gave Saul 
a new heart. And by the way, uh, God gave a king to Israel, not because God wanted them to have a king, but because the people wanted a king. You know, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you ask for, because according to the scriptures, it's possible that God may not want it for you, but God may let you have it. <clears throat> First Kings chapter 4, keep going forward. First Kings, First Kings chapter 4. First Kings chapter 4. Has anybody heard of Solomon? First Kings 4, 29. First Kings, First Kings 4, 29. Somebody want to read it while I'm going? First Kings 4, 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much in largeness of heart. So when God gave Solomon all that wisdom, that was when Solomon, that was before Solomon sinned against God. That was before Solomon went around and taking upon himself uh, many wives, many concubines. Oh yeah, Solomon, uh, he turned from God and he was worshiping uh, the gods of the other nations. Because those wives that worshipped other gods influenced him to turn from the true and the living God. And you know what? As much as a man can turn a woman away from God, a woman can turn a man away from God so easy. That's why you're not to love anyone or anything more than to love the Lord thy God. The Bible says, Jesus, they asked Jesus, what are the two great commandments? Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, your neighbor is your husband, or your neighbor is your wife, or your neighbor is your children. You know, when, when, when you uh, challenge people and find out where their greatest love is, it's amazing that, you know, you'll get people putting uh, their love uh, towards someone else greater than God. <coughs> and again, because of the way this world teaches people, uh, you'd almost be embarrassed or ashamed to say, I love God more than my children because the world has, t has put God away. And it's almost embarrassing. You, you almost feel bad to say you love someone else more than your own child. But... <clears throat> Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Uh, the Bible says that children are in heritage unto the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Did you, who gave you your children? Well, God gave you your children. <clears throat> uh, First Chronicles, keep going a little more forward. First Chronicles 25. First Chronicles 25 and verse 5. First Chronicles 
First Chronicles 25 and verse 5. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, in the words of God to lift up the horn. And God gave to Heman 14 sons and three daughters. Heman was a seer, and in this, uh, in this chapter, uh, uh, men who were seers, they were responsible for the music and singing. Um, they were servants of the Lord in the temple. And God the Bible says, gave Heman his sons and his daughters. <clears throat> you know, it's, um, it's easy to get puffed up uh, after some success and years of working uh, and, and, and accomplishing some things and getting some things. Uh, it's easy to get puffed up and proud and start thinking that uh, you did it all. <clears throat> We're always to remember, again, that naked we came into this world, naked we're going to leave. And Second Chronicles chapter 20, Second Chronicles chapter 20, Second Chronicles chapter 20, Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 30. <clears throat> so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. Have you ever been in a situation where you just needed rest? You just needed to relax? You know, the storms are coming, the voices, the fighting, the yelling, the the banks calling or you know uh, the creditors are calling uh, and and you know it's like ah oh, how did I get myself in this situation <coughs> well Jehoshaphat was the king of Israel at that time <clears throat> and the enemies were coming in and Jehoshaphat being the king was responsible for taking care of uh, the children of Israel. And if you go back to verse um, uh, chapter 20, verse 30, we get a little insight into what was going on. Uh, verse, we'll start at verse 14. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all, Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou king, Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a situation where uh, it doesn't look good for you? Uh, you're going down? You, you know, you don't have the strength, you don't have the means. Well, you know what? God can do battle for you. Sometimes it's just waiting, waiting. 
Verse 16, Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. <coughs> ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. You know, this verse... At that time, that was a physical battle. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> but you know, uh, switching gears sort of spiritually, not sort of, spiritually, that when we were singing Jesus saves, Jesus saves, all I could think about was the work that religious people do to get saved or to be right with God to get to heaven. And as we were singing that song, I remembered some of the slogans that uh, street preachers and, and Christians would uh, speak on the street, including myself. And uh, it might sound a little offensive to some religious uh, group of people, but some of these slogans went like, uh, Roman slaves, but Jesus saves. And another uh, slogan was, there's no hope in the Pope, right? In other words, what the message is, is the Pope does not save you. The Pope cannot save you. I'm sorry, Pope. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, if Brother Mike says, you know what, Brother Hornby, he's up here preaching, uh, but don't think too much of him because he can't save you. And I can't. And you know what? I wouldn't be offended by that. And so the Pope... If he hears us saying to you, uh, you know, there's no hope in him with respect to salvation, he shouldn't be offended by that either, you know. And so Roman slaves, and what that means is if you're religious and if you're putting your trust and faith in a religious system, then God can't save you. It's not that God doesn't want to save you, but he can't save you because his word is fixed. When God said, Behold my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. Here's that giving again, right? He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Where's the work in that? What good deeds do you need to do to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? <coughs> what did Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, have to do to deliver himself and his people out of the hand of the enemy? In verse 17, God said, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. <clears throat> go, to, go to John. Uh, sorry, go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 Matthew 11 verse 28 
one of my favorite verses. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I have a hard time understanding. Well, again, everybody's on their own timing. You know, sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, how can they do that or how can they not do that? But we, we tend to forget that they're on a journey. And they may be uh, in that situation right now, but we don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. You know, there might be someone today that says, oh, I don't believe this Bible stuff. Oh, I don't believe in Jesus. Oh, I don't believe this. And tomorrow they get saved. And it happens. So I'm not worried about that person who rejects the Lord. But I always love it when Jesus stops the mouths of the people. And he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, <clears throat> Matthew 11, verse 28. Uh, wait a minute, Matthew, uh, uh, oh, sorry, John, John chapter 6, I'm sorry. John chapter 6, excuse me, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 29. John 6, verse 29. <clears throat> Again, all these people were wanting to know, how can I get to heaven when I die? How can I get to heaven when I die? How can I be right with God? John 6, 29. Uh, verse 28, we'll start. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave, God sent his only begotten son to save the world. In 1 John 4.10, the Bible says, He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And what that means is, our God being a holy and righteous God, a payment had to be made for our sins. You know, if you're driving and you're exceeding the speed limit, and the police pulls you over, uh, you got to pay the ticket, right? There is a consequence to breaking the law. And if man uh, sees the, the, the penalty and the payment required for breaking the law and it's important to man, how much more important is it to God? And so God would not be God if God set some rules and said, okay, these are the rules, this is the punishment, and then you break the law and God says, oh, that's okay, I didn't mean it. I mean, would you respect God? I mean, my kids tell me, they say, you know, Dad, uh, Jillian said it the other day. She said, you know, the one thing about you, Dad, and I'm like, oh, no, what's she going to say about me? She said, how'd she say it? You're too, you're easy. You, you let things go. You let us get away with stuff. <laughs> and on one hand, uh, on one hand, it was good because I like to, to be merciful. I like to be, you know, long-suffering. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I examined myself. I thought, that's not good either. If I say something, then 
we got to keep that. And so mom and I, you know, when we ban the kids, you're banned from the computer for a week or two weeks. You know, we've been like, okay, you're banned. And uh, when the kids start using the computer and somehow they've, you know, we get busy and we're not paying attention and, and they're using the computer, we're kind of like, oh, it's okay. I don't have time for the fight, right? But now mom and I are like, nope, we've got to keep our word. Otherwise, they lose respect for us. And therefore, if God uh, just said, oh, I didn't mean what I said, the whole world would, uh, you know, walk away from God because he wouldn't be God. <coughs> so, so there must be a punishment for sin. And because we couldn't, I mean, could you imagine if you think of all the laws that you broke? I mean, if you if you drive the car or you're walking and you broke all the pedestrian uh, uh, rules and bylaws, you know, you didn't pay all your taxes, you broke. How many laws of men have we broken? I mean, if you tallied up all the, the laws that you've broken, if you're an adult and you had to pay all that back, man, I... I'm glad they don't know. I mean, if I paid all the speeding, if I got caught for every time I sped, we'd be broke. <laughs> if, if they came to me, if somehow, you know, they had the cameras or somehow they could reach into my brain or, or whatever and find out how many times I didn't stop at the stop sign or I sped or didn't have a seat belt on, mom, we'd be broke. We'd all the money that we uh, have in the bank, we'd have to pay for all those tickets that I should have. <clears throat> and by the way, for all the times that uh, you lost your temper, and all the time you uh, gossiped about somebody, or railed against somebody, or backbit somebody, you know what? If there was a, a price to pay for that, you'd be broke too. We'd all be broke. <clears throat> That's why there's a hell. Because sin has to be punished. <clears throat> but because our Creator is merciful and loving and long-suffering and kind, and like this uh, vulgar comedian once put it, he put it in his act and he said something like this, You know, I don't get something... Why is it that I would have to go to hell when he created me this way? I mean, if anybody messed up, it's him, not me. Now, you know, a good comedian could sell that, and he does. And the people laugh and laugh, and when they're done laughing, they think, yeah, he's right. <laughs> But he forgot to tell the audience that God loves them and that God made a way for their sins to be forgiven. And that it, there's a devil influencing people to, to turn from God. <clears throat> and so in 1 John 4.10, it says, well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. So what God did for us was an act of love. In 1 John 4.10, it says that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, which means that Jesus appeased God 
and paid the penalty to satisfy God and to give us a way to have our sins forgiven. Go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, and verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, and verse 28. <coughs> Matthew 11:28 Jesus said, "Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." You know, since I started picking on the Catholic Church, I'll just sort of add one more. You know, did you know that the Catholic Church um, they used to teach that if you give money, uh, that will get your loved ones out of hell. And did you know that that money was used to build a lot of those big cathedrals? No, definitely. I I was Catholic. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. uh, My wife grew up as a Catholic. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of people grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people who grew up religious, whether it be Catholic or Presbyterian or um, Methodist or uh, what the, the cults that we like to pick on, Seventh-day Adventists and Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, um, many people who grew up in those uh, religions have heard the gospel And instead of mocking and denying, they said, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. And they followed the the way of God. They followed the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. And while many stop there and they still remain in their uh, churches and in their religions, a lot of that is because they're afraid of their family. They're afraid. Uh, they're afraid of losing their inheritance. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of money to be lost when you uh, forsake the world and follow Christ. <clears throat> but the Bible says, "What profiteth the man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul?" And so, you know. You came in naked, you're going to leave naked. This life is just temporary. And actually, this life is a little bit of a rehearsal to the real event that's coming. The real event is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's going to gather his saints, and he's going to gather all those who uh, are righteous, not in ourselves, but we're righteous in Christ. Uh, is she okay? She okay. And so, <clears throat> so I'll close with this. Whether whether you have much or whether you have little, 
Do you realize or don't you realize that everything you have or everything that you don't have, God has given it to you, right? God has given you everything. And would you, would you respond like Job? If the Lord taketh away, would you still worship the Lord? Or would you find some reason to uh, rail against God, right? <clears throat> and so I hope that everyone sitting here today, uh, if you're saved, if you've trusted in the Lord, stand fast, be steadfast, no matter what happens in your life whether God blesses you with much or blesses you with little, uh, if you have much and he takes it away, be like Job. Let's be like Job. When it all uh, happens and it comes down, let's be able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I had good health in the last few years. My health is terrible. <clears throat> I'm like what Sister Finer said. I'd love, I love, I just want to go, you know. Uh, but... There are times when I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, why are you doing this to me? But I stop myself because I always remember Job. I stop this. I stop this. But I sure wouldn't mind being with the Lord because the Bible <laughs> says it will have a glorified body. So no matter what your state is, be ye content, the Bible says. Let's pray. Heavenly